Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 28 of Holding Court. We're going to chat about an RV trip that took us across the country and back, how we're pivoting our foundation during COVID-19, and the loss of the baseball legend, Tommy Lasorda, all coming up right now on Holding Court. In the words of Stained, it's been a while. It has been a while, but Let, we're back. <laughs> let's just get let's just get it up to speed. I want to say congrats on the World Series. Uh, happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to you. Happy Thanksgiving. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And welcome to 2021. Well, that's our show. <laughs> See you guys later. <laughs> you covered it all. New Year, same me. That's right. 2021. It's got to be better than 2020, right? I don't know. There were some good spots in 2020. It wasn't all a loss, but I don't know. There's something about a new year that always gets me so excited to, I don't know, like turn over a new leaf or set resolutions or set goals. I don't know. I'm still, I have my planner. I just can't decide if the planner is going to be done in pencil or pen. Uh, I mean, I think you do it in like marker usually, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> you have like different color markers for everything. And I do. I don't know how your new year's resolution is to be more organized than you already are. Cause you're an organizing freak. Wow. It's very kind of you. <laughs> I do. I have different markers that co like correspond with different things. Obviously your schedule is normally in blue and home stuff. I usually do in green. I usually do different things in orange, you know, every color of the rainbow to try to keep it organized. And this year, maybe I'll just use colored pencils. Can those be erased? They can, right? Yeah. I, I, I think, I think it just looks worse. Like when you erase stuff, cause you know that it has been erased. Like you might as well just use your markers. And if something bad happens, then white it out and remarker it. <laughs> white. I do have white out. Uh, yeah, that's a good idea. I mean, you're so crazy about organization. You have like your planner is, what is it? It's that like crazy planner. What's the girl's it's name? It's the Erin Condren. Yes, Erin Condren. And it is intense. If you're an organizational person and you want to stay organized, I highly recommend. How do you say it? The Erin Condren. Erin Condren. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's off the chains. <laughs> And I'm actually set up nicely. I usually don't keep a lot of stuff. I keep one, I get like this photo shoe box from Michael's every single year. And I allow myself to put ticket stubs and all that, which eventually goes into a scrapbook. But I do keep my planner. So if anyone ever accuses me of murder or any other crime, wow. I don't, you never know. Like seven years ago, I can tell you exactly what I did on that day. <laughs> You're keeping your alibis, huh? You got to keep them right. Got to keep them straight. And you just never know. I don't know. Or someone, I, I've had people come to me and be like, we're like, when did we go on that trip? And I'm able to give them the dates and what we did on that trip. So it does come in handy. I mean, it's the this, only isn't, thing I this isn't a, this isn't a stretch. This is, uh, she literally has everything. So, yeah. So let me know if you want to know where I was on any specific day <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you sometimes your, uh, photos on your phone also help with that. You can go back and kind of look at like a date stamp. 
People probably want to know where we've been the last couple months since we haven't been doing the show. I know you've been getting a lot of messages and so people many are people like, have been happening? asking me. Where are you guys? <laughs> are you ever going to do another episode? Should we unfollow? What's going on? I know. I really think people are going to have to go back on and subscribe because I know that I even got a message that said we'll no longer be downloading these episodes for you because it's been so long. But uh, yeah, we definitely took a little bit of a breather after the World Series, which was incredible, but obviously coming out of the bubble needed to take a deep breath. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we go in if we if we're ready to go into that yet. That's I think another. we save that for an episode down down the road. Yeah, that's another Oprah. But <laughs> definitely, you know, after that just been settled in at home with the pups. But we did take I've talked about this for so long that I, I mean, everyone that knows me knows that I love a good drive. I love anything within, I don't know, seven hours. I'm usually not flying. So you guys play the Giants. You guys play Arizona, San Diego. I'm driving and everyone gives me crap for it. But I just love to throw everything in the car and dogs and hit the trail and get there and be able to stop on the way and all that. So kind of my dream was to take an RV trip. And I feel like this year was so perfect for that because obviously, you know, so much uncertainty and travel and all that. We knew that the RV, intro the RV, (laughs) was going to be the perfect vehicle to get us back to the Midwest for Christmas in time for Santa. Yeah. And then back home. It was, it was great. I think, you know, one of the tough parts about going back there is traveling with two dogs, uh, any type of Christmas gifts or anything we're bringing back there, you know, you're extremely limited or limited. And then you have this RV and there's no limitations and you can bring both dogs and you can stop whenever anyone needs to go to the bathroom. And there's a bathroom in the RV, which is. is very convenient. And, uh, you know, you just take your time and cruise across the country and listen to some good music, some other good podcasts. Uh, court prefers the, uh, Dateline Murder Mysteries. I do. I do love uh, Keith Morrison and his voice and any of that. But we tried to switch it up a little bit. So going back to the RV dream that I'd had, because I'm the person, my friend Lindsay and I, we love to go on these drives and find all these stadiums. And we have this app that will show you different places to stop, like the world's largest ball of yarn. Or one time we stopped, I think it was on the way to St. Louis. And it just said fire breathing, like coin operated jumbo dragon and so we pulled off the side of this road you know to go into this convenience store and buy a token and then you go outside to this recycled metal material dragon and you put a coin in and it breathes fire it was very it lacked a lot of the um firepower literally that i thought it would have but it definitely had a little (laughs) puff of fire coming out of its mouth. (laughs) Like that is the dumb stuff that we like to stop and see. So I've always thought about this. And then going into the playoffs, um, you know, we had talked about this for a while and there was actually a sign at the stadium that said, hit it here, you know, win an RV. And I hoped and prayed that Justin would hit this sign. So my dream would become a lot cheaper. And (laughs) he actually hit a home run there in the World Series, but they had already removed this sign. And so... Too late. Yeah. Too little, too late. I just hit it in the wrong series. Right. And so we actually linked up 
with Cruise America, which allows us to rent an RV, which is perfect because obviously we're not ready to buy an RV. We're not at that point in our lives, but this Clearly. just seemed <laughs> like a perfect uh, way to do it and to be able to rent it for how long we need it and get home. I sound like an ad. I'm not, but <laughs> it was just kind of perfect. But at the end of the bubble, obviously given the situation we had to drive home and so i was so nervous i think what was the drive 20 21 hours 23 i think it took us so worried that justin was not going to be into my cross-country rv trip after we had to drive all the way home from arlington and thankfully he was still on board and i was able to convince him and yeah we loaded on up and hit the dusty trail <laughs> the beginning of December. So yeah. That Over was, a month. Yeah. It was a long, I mean, we weren't in the RV for a month. Obviously we drove back to Indiana, stayed there for like four weeks and then loaded back up and hit the trail. And I'm skipping all the details. So let's go back and let's get the details. <laughs> Which details do you want to go over? <laughs> well, I think, I don't know. Let's just start with, you know, how we Maybe how we got to India. I think the way back, we kind of rushed it and we didn't really, I don't even think the entire thing, we really did it how we wanted to do it just because weather and, you know, a lot of things are closed right now and having the dogs, it's hard to stop it everywhere you want to stop. And I'm a big casino gal. So driving by dozens of casinos on the way there and back was torture to not be able to just pull off and, you know, put some money on the blackjack table or get my wheel of fortune slot moving. But we <laughs> How about we start with what we learned about RVing okay. along the way what as did, far no. as, um, you know, going into it, we definitely assumed we were just going to kind of chug along and figure out where we wanted to stop on the fly and then, you know, pull into an RV park. And we realized very quickly, night one, that you can't do that. You have to figure out where you're going and call ahead and make your reservation um, hence the reason we stayed our first night in a circus circus parking lot RV. I think that was fate. I'm not mad at that. <laughs> and also while you're talking about being tortured by all these casinos, cause we were literally staying in the parking lot of a casino night one, cause all the RV parks were closed. Right. So getting the reservation with circus circus only worked because their hotel reservations are still open. So I actually had to go inside and to the desk to get our little rear view mirror placard placard to hang up so no one ticketed us in the park but I mean I was steps away from from those machines so that was definitely talk about torture night one was brutal but yeah I I don't know if it's always like this I'm assuming it's always like this because a lot of their office hours were early but apparently I don't know maybe it's designed for people that aren't little bit of night owls but the offices close you know anywhere from four o'clock to seven o'clock and you have to have your reservation done so someone can leave you your your um, what is it slot number well, your, your RV number, spot your RV spot and and the camp directions the maps and also go turn the power on for your RV spot because if they don't turn it on then you can't plug in your RV. oh I didn't know that part oh yeah they have to go out and actually turn on the power and unlock the box uh, because those empty ones are usually locked up and the power's oh, off. No. That makes sense. I mm -hmm. never did the plug-in part, so that makes sense. So yeah, it's not hard to kind of guess where you're going to end up, but I don't know. Sometimes you just want to drive and then see when you get tired, and so that gives you 
you know, a little less flexibility on that. So you have to make your reservations, you know, before office hours. Some of the places were 72 hours because I'd find some cool parks that had, you know, spots like along a river or lake or something that were cool, but they would say, call us and make reservations 72 hours in advance. So, well, I think two, fact- two factors that went into that though, were one, it's the winter, which is technically off season for RV traveling camper life. And, and two with, you know, the situation now with COVID, um, you know, I think there was restricted hours and, and a lot more limited, um, person to person contact for people coming in and out of parks. So like everywhere we went, we never actually had the paperwork handed to us. It was always left off in a box and we had to pick it up out of a box and never really, there was no person to person exchange. So, um, I feel like maybe in the summer, the spring or the fall, uh, when it's more of a high RV season, uh, there's probably more contacts. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So this planner, the one time I don't plan is driving. So this kind of forced me to think about it. Also, RV can't go through a drive through And so you have to think about restaurants that are going to be open that you're able to walk into. And there were even some fast food spots that their dining room was completely closed. So we we're kind of, <laughs> there was one, I don't know where it was, but we were kind of went around the outskirts of the drive through <laughs> and you got out of your car and they let you order. Cause a lot of times they won't let you order if you walk up to it. So I won't rat out what restaurant that was, but yeah, you got to get creative. It's, you don't realize how much you, you know, don't think about all that stuff when you're on the trail, but what are some things I guess that we would have, we wish we knew or we would have brought with us? Um, well, I think the, important thing is making sure you have what you need to sleep comfortably in the back because there's a couple beds in there, but, um, you know, you want to make sure you bring your sheets and your pillows and, and whatnot. We also brought all of our stuff to cook cause we cook some meals in there, especially breakfast. There's a stove top, um, all those, uh, essentials, spatulas, um, pots, pans. Um, you have the option to get that stuff too, but we brought our own, Um, and then I think the most important thing for me for driving most of the time was finding a window mount for my phone for the directions. Um, we started out with a AC mount and the problem with that was driving in the winter through the Midwest. It was so cold. We had the heater on and then it would overheat my phone and turn my phone off for the directions. (laughs) So we had to go with the window mount. So it wasn't constantly getting hot air blasted on it and, and killing the phone. Very good points. I actually found a nice hack because there's a table, kind of like a little card table in the back with four seats. And actually on the way out to Indiana, we had our friends, Jacob and Ryan, come with us. And so while Justin was driving, because he doesn't, I think I drove two out of maybe 60 hours. He never lets me drive um, (laughs) for whatever reason, but we would be in the back. And I actually found at Walmart along the way, because everything kept sliding on that table. And I actually found this like, you know, the stuff you put down in cabinets, it's kind of like rubbery, soft liner, I guess. Anti-slip. Yeah. I kind of put that over the table. And so that was even holding like cups and we were back there doing puzzles and crosswords, which definitely bring those as well. I think you mentioned you wanted to bring like a TV projector. I'm anti the TV on the RV road trip. I think yeah. you got to dial it back to the olden days and just keep it simple with games and puzzles and all that. Well, we didn't have a TV in the RV, which was nice. But when you're driving and it's there's Sunday night football or Monday night football and you 
get to your RV park and you want to watch something, I feel like one of those little mini projectors uh, that we could have put right over the bed on the back and um, there's like a little curtain that separates it from the kitchen. It would have been perfect to just lay down, unwind and watch some football or TV shows or whatever you got to do. Mm. Mm. <laughs> anti-TV. I like the good old fashioned puzzles and Mad Libs. We did some Mad Libs. We actually did oh. a game and... I don't, I think I Googled it and it's a memory game that we did with the four of us and it was, I'm making a casserole and can you still do it? Can you bring, can you still do these it? ingredients <laughs> and you go around the group and everyone comes up with an ingredient that is that letter of the alphabet. So we'd say, I'm making a casserole and I need you to bring, and then you start with what was a asparagus. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> what was B? B was, wasn't it beans? Beans. Then casserole dish. Casserole dish. What was D? Dairy. Dairy. Oof, no dairy for me. I was out <laughs> after that. Eggplant. Eggplant. Franks. Franks. Do you remember the rest? G was green beans. A lot of beans so far. I know. Um, H was hand soap, which I don't know why you would put that in a casserole dish. That was not mine. I was ice. J was jalapenos. K was, wasn't it kombucha? No, Kit Kats. Kit Kats. <laughs> I, I drink a lot of kombucha. It's always on my mind. I feel like L was lima beans, more beans. Uh-huh. Um, M, M, M always jams me up. Even, even along the way, I don't remember what M was. Ryan's probably listening and screaming, whatever it is. I know. I don't know what M was. Anyways, that took up actually <laughs> quite a bit of time. So highly recommend that one. <laughs> I can't believe we got to M. That's impressive. This was over a month ago. I know. And I asked you a couple of weeks later and we were able to do it. I think if it wasn't on the spot, I'd be able to think of it. Probably. I don't know. I'm going to think of it in like 10 years. But yeah, keeping busy and I don't know. I feel like it was nice. It was, you definitely get the obliques into play because- you're kind of moving around, especially if you're sitting in the back and your body's not as stable. You definitely get kind of sore. I'm sure you driving, you get sore, definitely trying to keep steady on the road. Well, one of the hard parts is, is you're kind of taller than you're used to. And when it's windy, the wind really pushes that RV back and forth on the highway. So it probably feels a little rougher as a passenger than as a driver. And as a driver, I mean, I'm sitting there holding on the wheel while the wind's pushing us left or right. And it was, there were some intense moments, especially when we went through Vail, going through Colorado. Oh and yeah. little unexpected snowfall too. Yeah. 11,000 feet. It was like nine o'clock at night, pitch black going uphill, icy snow. Um, I mean, we were going like 20 miles an hour for about an hour. I'm just sitting just there praying. <laughs> Literally <laughs> just like, oh my, my God. My anxiety gets so bad in weather. And I actually, I'd rather drive in snow than rain. I don't know. But something about the RV and how like tall it is and how much I feel like it catches the wind as opposed to a car, SUV. I don't know. Just being unfamiliar, I guess. Because it kind of feels like you're driving like a big like U-Haul truck. And I just, I don't know. And you were driving and anytime I'm not in control of this situation, like a for sure not in control of the situation, it, it's scary, but we made it. Yeah. I mean, the entire trip was great minus one little tiny situation that came up. I don't know if it's tiny. <laughs> 
I well, appreciate you trying to downplay it, but I yeah, will, I guess it's tiny. Okay, one more piece of advice if you're going to rent an <laughs> RV and take an RV trip. There's actually an app called RV Trip that you can open up and put in where you're going and it gives directions. Now, the problem with this app is I think it accounts for you driving an RV. So when I put in the directions in the RV Trip app, it said like, you know, it was going to take us... 48 hours to get back to LA when, you know, if you go on Waze or Google Maps, it said 30 hours. And I'm like, I don't understand this. Why does it say 48 hours? So of course, you know, we just used Waze in the beginning uh, for most of the trip, actually. And then we learned our lesson and we learned why you should use the RV Life app and the directions because it actually avoids bridges that uh, you otherwise wouldn't be able to go under because of how high your RV is. Mm -hmm. And we were cruising, mm -hmm. uh, making our way to St. Louis, uh, and we needed to stop and refill our propane tank um, with gas. Mm -hmm. So we're looking for a place to stop. We I'm sweating. <laughs> we find a U-Haul um, store um, just off the highway in Champaign. I put it in Waze. We're going. It starts snowing. Um, and we're going on these roads, obviously, that we've never been before. And I make a left-hand turn. As I make the left-hand turn, I'm looking at the map to see what the next turn is. Uh, Court is getting the dogs ready because we're about to pull up in this U-Haul. And she's going to take them on a walk um, and let them go to the bathroom. And at the last second, um, we see that the clearance was only, what was it, 10 and a half feet, 11 mm -hmm. feet? can still see it when I close my eyes. <laughs> and sure enough, bang, hear a loud noise. The AC unit on top of the RV. Oh, we don't know that yet. We, I'm in my <laughs> mind, the sound, our, our roof is gone. <laughs> and there was no, I think I was like, babe, that says 10 feet. And you were just, it happened in slow motion. It happened very quickly and in slow motion at the same time. Yeah. And you were just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like the entire duration of us going under this bridge. And I am just the person that's like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And you're like, it's not fine. Yeah. I did not want to look back. And I see did. what happened. And we get through the bridge. I look and back. You want to know what I saw? <laughs> Snow. <laughs> when we look back, there was a hole so in the top of the arm. There's three. <laughs> I'm glad you can laugh about it because I actually have tears in my eyes. <laughs> there were, so there's three windows on the very top of the RV. And one of them is actually like an AC vent. I think they all are kind of like AC vents. There's one over the bed that's over like the driver's seat. There's one in the middle, kind of where the kitchen is. And then there's one over the bed. The middle one, there's no vent. It's just a hole. So it's just a square hole and snow flurries. I could have given you a full weather report in that moment. We're in our RV. And Justin was like, I'm going to throw up. Wait, can we, can we backtrack? Can we backtrack one yes, second? Yes, and then leave this alone forever. Because this was on New Year's Day. Oh, yeah. we, we left on New Year's Day. If you're going to uh, do it, you Which was also a Saturday. Day. So we're in Champaign, Illinois. And it's New Year's Day on Saturday at like, what time was it? Three o'clock maybe? Four o'clock? Yeah. And we just ripped the... 
I say we. It's I, not we. It was I you. just ripped. The, I gave you a warning. The AC unit out of the roof of the RV. It's literally supposed to be in the middle of it, and when we stopped, it was on the back of the RV, mm-hmm. um, holding on by some electric wires. So that was holding the unit up there. Otherwise, it would have just fallen. It's in nice the to mix like electricity, open wires, and Snow. weather. Uh huh. Yeah. It was yep. great. So. Like Court said, she's like, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. I'm like, it's not okay. It's New Year's Day. We're in the middle of Illinois. We have no idea what's around us. I don't know how to, I don't even know if anything's open to go to to try to cover this hole up. It's snowing. We got the dogs. Like it was an absolute perfect storm of a disaster. And, um, I just go into survival mode though. I can't sit there and feel sorry for myself. I have to think, okay, where is a store where I can get a tarp? I need duct tape. I need towels. I need this. I need you to calm down. And so I just go into that and I just couldn't spend, I just couldn't freak out about it. I did freak out. That's a lie. I'm lying to all of you. I did freak out, but the way that I feel like I cope with it is to try to find a solution. So the decision was, okay, let's get to the U-Haul where the propane gas is and we'll fill up the propane and go and see if they have tarps. Great idea to fill up gas with possible (laughs) exposed electrical wires. Okay. But here's the reason we needed to fill up the propane gas is because if for whatever reason we were able to tarp and close the roof, we didn't know, you know, where we were going to be staying that night. And the propane gas is what runs the heater in the RV, it was 20 degrees and snowing. If we were going to have to stay in the RV with the patched roof, we were going to need heat. So we had to fill up the propane. So we go into U-Haul. Um, they have a tarp. I buy a tarp, um, get weatherproof duct tape from across the street at an auto zone. Uh, I'm cutting these patches of tarp up and tarping the ceiling while they're putting propane tank in. We're on the phone with Cruise America trying to get a hold of Cruise America, seeing what we're supposed to do. Um, eventually, we were told just to stay at a hotel, and um, they'll figure it out the next day, try to get someone to us because it was New Year's Day. Everything was closed. Uh, so we found a hotel, patched up the, the roof as best as we could. Um, it, it wasn't great. There was there was water all on top of the tarp um, when I was going out and checking it, but... We made it. We took it to these guys' shop um, the next day. They patched up the roof. They cleared off the air conditioning unit and got us on the road. We essentially thought we were going to just make it to St. Louis to trade out RVs, but it turned out on Sunday um, that Cruise America there was closed too. So we wrote it. We wrote <laughs> we it did out it at the worst possible time, and it they were. Horrible. I mean, they were in contact with us, so it felt good like they were doing the best that they could and so i definitely appreciate the communication it was just there was they were amazing yeah there was just nothing that we could do we're in the worst spot and the worst day of the year for it to happen with the worst weather you could have it's fine it's fine i keep saying it it was fine so it's fine so essentially you know we were just supposed to go to st louis and change it out but when we got there um they didn't have one available they weren't open that day uh, so we decided, you know what, the patch job's holding up great. There's nothing going on. We'll just keep going. And um, we set up an exchange in, in, where was it, Albuquerque? Right. In Albuquerque. But by that time, we had great weather. There was no leaks. 
and we just stayed in the RV and made it all the way home, dropped it off at Cruise America, and yeah, it was, they were awesome. They were really cool about it. I think it made you feel better that when you went to the shop to get the RV or the AC taken off the RV, a lot of abbreviations, they said that every year that bridge, because it really did, I mean, the thing came out of nowhere, but they said that bridge takes out like five or six RVs a year and semi trucks get stuck under there. And so I think that made you feel better. That's like the equivalent of that happened. Like this happens to a lot of guys kind of thing to like kind of. Yeah. yeah. Well, that made me feel better. And the cruise America people made me feel a lot better. Like, Hey, don't worry about it. This happens all the time. Like it's not a big deal. We'll get it taken care of just as long as you guys are safe and, and nothing's wrong with you guys. So it was really, from a nightmare, a nightmare situation that it could have been, they kind of, you know, made yeah. it a lot easier on us. For sure. I think, yeah, we learned a lot on the trip. We learned to pay attention. Now it's really strange because I'll be just like on the freeway and I see a clearance and I kind of duck a little. I feel like <laughs> I do that going into like parking garages too. You always think like you can make yourself a little smaller, but pay attention to the clearance things, what to pack and... I think it's such a good time for this. Like I've had some people just ask like, oh, I want to do this. Like, do you think it's worth it? And 100%. I think even like a good thing, we obviously went big on our first trip, but I think like a good one would just be to take it for like a weekend even. Yeah, to like a Palm Springs or somewhere on Arizona. Yeah, somewhere to find a camping site. There's so many. Honestly, I feel like (laughs) now I'm going to see like campsites everywhere. We stayed at a lot of KOAs. That seemed to be like the one that we gravitated towards the most. They had you know, the good hours and all that. So the, the sites are fun, obviously with COVID, a lot of this stuff's closed down, but you know, they have, you know, the essential shower, laundry, all of that, but pools, game rooms, um, little TV rooms, they all have these little dog parks, which is cool. Campfires, tables, chairs. So, I mean, I'm into the RV life. I think this definitely opened my eyes to RV life later in life, or maybe, I don't know, maybe we do this next Christmas again. Why not? Honestly, I feel like it was not, I don't know, like easier than air travel, but just kind of nice to be able to just put everything you need in there and have your essentials along the way, be able to stop for your snacks, like your salt and vinegar chips and your pickled sausages and all that. If you guys don't think that she had those the whole trip, like you were severely mistaken. I love my snackers. That's critical. One of the cool stops we made though was on Route 66 at the... 66 foot tall coke bottle i know and all the soda you could dream of it was unbelievable yeah lots of cool little hikes along the way i think obviously if we did it again we'd plan a little more of our stops and different things to see along the way but sometimes the best trips you just kind of go and go for it yeah not too much thought but i don't know i'm i'm i vote for rv life in the future and rv life navigation or a rv friendly navigation app (laughs) It didn't end up being that many hours. I think it maybe added like 30 minutes a day. I think it accounts for your speed, but obviously a lot of the roads are like 60, 65, 70. So it's not a problem to go that fast. Maybe it accounts for you stopping or having to refill. We didn't even talk about dumping. Oh, dumping. Oh, I was not a part of dumping. I mean, I obviously sprinkled and tinkled in the RV, but <laughs> I was not a part. Of, I was not a part of the tube. It's like a black. Thankfully, it's a black tube. Well, when she says dumping, she's talking about emptying. Oh no, the- I didn't take a dumper in the <laughs> RV. <laughs> I just meant 
<laughs> there's a tube. So you fill up your, your fresh water. You can just do that with a hose or there's water spots at the campsites or at gas stations. You see like air and water. And I always, I'm like, who needs water? But there you go. The propane you fill up, obviously, for your heater. You have your generator if you ever can't plug in. Your fridge, your stovetop. Yeah, all of that. And then all of your waste from your sink, your toilet, your shower, which I highly recommend taking a shower while your partner pumps gas. I actually did a full body scrub. I felt like a new woman in there. (laughs) As you know, my showers are few and far between. But this was mm, just premium. But yeah, so... When you have all your dumpage, what do you call it? Your waste, I guess, waste. Yeah. Uh, it'll tell you there's this little light that'll say like quarter of the way full, half full, three quarters full. And when it's starting to get full, you got to get the black tube out. Dispose of it. got to dispose. And so you said when it was cold, because on the way back, you and Ryan were doing the dumping. That's <laughs> 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 just a word, huh? Yeah. Just a weird one. And... But on the way back, you said it was like a, like a, it sucked it out of there. It was fat because it would take so long on the way back. I'm like, oh God, this is such a pain for you guys. You're outside in the cold for so long. Then you said on the way back when we got to warmer weather, it just really, I'm going to throw up if we keep talking about this. So just wrap it up, please. Well, one, one piece of advice is be uh, mindful of the weather when you choose it. Yeah. I wouldn't always wait till you have a full tank because you don't know when the weather's going to get cold. And when the weather gets cold, it takes forever and you know one of the times i actually went to dump um everything was frozen in the tube so uh it literally took like 45 minutes but then yes once we got to the warmer weather regular weather it literally took 10 minutes um to dump the fresh water and the toilet water and we were on our way so uh if you get a chance to to do it in warm weather i i recommend dumping in the warm weather it's a lot more comfortable (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> have a comfortable dump in the warm weather. It's like a tropical vacation. <laughs> well, let's put RV life to bed for now. And yeah, send us any questions. I feel like we're almost experts by now. We've had the good, the bad, and the ugly. And know what to bring and know what to pack. And We haven't told that. anyone that AC story. I know. I'm <laughs> no in, one my knows. mom's going to call me and be like, yeah. I think you. a lot of people are going to call and be like, <laughs> what? It's fine. Well, see, I'm going to be able to tell which one of my friends listens to the podcast. So this is perfect. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) If no one says anything about it and they're like, wow, I'm so glad you had a nice trip. I'll be like, liar. (laughs) You clearly (laughs) don't listen to holding court. Yeah. Okay. Well, now that we're back, we uh, usually January is our, you know, we're full swing, literally getting ready for our golf tournament. This would have been our sixth annual Justin Turner golf classic this year. And obviously with everything going on, especially in LA, I think, you know, we just had to make that decision. I mean, it's not a difficult decision because it makes sense, but it's difficult to not be able to put on this event this year um, when we want to do it. But I think, you know, it's going to be more of postponed than we're not going to cancel it. You know, it's obviously important just finding that safer time to be able to do it. You know, obviously golf, I think golf is allowed right now I think it's in, open. Yeah. in LA or, you know, places where obviously we work in golf and it's, it's safe and, you know, there's a way to do it and, you know, everyone's outside and you can do it, you know, staggered starts and all that, but to be able to do it, you know, without our dinner reception and our auction and the way we want to do it and just having it become kind of a shell of what I'm, the event normally yeah. is, it's just, I guess, sad 
and you 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 want to do it right. So we're obviously looking to you know pivot to something while we're going through this that we're able to raise money you know safely and you know for the causes that are important to us. Yeah, I think it just makes the most sense to not cancel it but postpone it. We're going to push it back to when it's a safer time. Obviously, that's uh, our biggest event, and uh, it's really an awesome event. It's evolved so much over the years, and and it's really something to. Uh, if you get a chance to take part of it, it's it's really cool. Um, guys love coming out and participating and um, playing some golf. The dinner night is incredible with casinos and uh, you know great food and 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 whatnot. So um, it just makes sense to to delay it. And hopefully we can think of some creative ways to figure out other ways to raise money. I think the the hardest part about delaying it is, is, you know, we raise money and a lot of it goes to, you know, our food bank and, and COVID relief and helping people out in need, um, in the city of Los Angeles. So, um, you know, it's just turning on our, our creative minds and making us figure out other ways to raise money to help people in need. Yeah. I think my mind has gone to, I think a lot of people have done this this year and in the past is, you know, maybe a virtual 5k or 10k that everyone can do, for JTF and obviously design a cool t-shirt and it's all about the metal, but you know, a way to everyone to be able to do something on their own, but also do it where it feels like it's this collective group, you know, coming together for a good cause. So I don't know, got to mull that over a little bit. It's a lot easier than an actual 5k. You don't have to worry about permits and closures and all that, but I don't know. I think that's a safe way. I think people are already out walking. I know our neighborhood is popping when it comes to walks, it's like a full traffic jam. You have to like dodge everyone on the street. So I think it'd be a good idea. Um, just have to figure it out. You know, obviously there's ways to, to raise money and yeah, give us some feedback. If you're interested, if you think you'd be interested, I think it's a great idea. Slide into my DMS. Let me know. I think, uh, most people are getting outside exercising anyway. It's for a great cause, raise a little bit of money and like court said, uh, get a cool shirt and, add a metal to the collection. Yeah. It's always about the metal. I agree. <laughs> oh man. I don't really, I don't even know how to, to start, but we have, I feel like we have to talk about this. Yeah. It's been um, a difficult tough time. Tough, tough weekend, obviously. Um, in the news of the passing of a really good friend of ours, someone who who we got to know uh, really well and love and, um, you know, Tommy Lasorda. I think uh, obviously everyone probably heard about it. And, um, you know, I don't know what you guys are doing. We've been glued to Sportsnet LA um, watching John Hartung and Nomar. put together the tribute and do interviews and uh, hearing all the Tommy stories and following along on social media. Everyone has a story. And every time Tommy met somebody, it was uh, an incredible story to tell for the rest of their lives. And um, obviously he meant so much to the city of Los Angeles, to the Dodger organization, um, especially to us and, and so many people. So uh, just a, a tough day all around. Yeah. And I heard someone yesterday describe him as one of one. And I feel like that's the perfect way 
you know, to talk about him. He really was one of a kind and just such a character. And, you know, obviously, you know, the accolades, you know, member of the Baseball Hall of Fame. He was in baseball for what, 70 years. He managed the Dodgers for 20 plus years. Um, you know, World Series champion in 81, 88. He was actually managed the gold medal team in the Olympics for Team USA. It's just, I mean, they really don't make him like Tommy and just not even just, you know, the awards on paper, just the way that he did it. And I mean, I don't think anyone loved baseball or the Dodgers more than Tommy. I don't think anyone ever will. And just his passion and that fire. And, you know, I love a good fiery manager and fiery coach. And I love seeing that. But I mean, he was next level and it wasn't a way where, you know, you didn't, I mean, obviously I never played for him, but just being around him and, you know, hearing stories and watching him, I feel like it's, you know, his passion and the way he went about it. It's not off-putting. I think it like people truly believed in what he was saying. And I really think, you know, he just went about it in such a special way. I mean, he is the most incredible motivational speaker I've ever heard. And when he talked or walked into a room, he commanded the attention of everyone and, um, you know, when he spoke, you listened and, and you sat there and, uh, I think Clayton said it, um, the other day, you know, he repeated his stories over and over again. He repeated his jokes over and over again, but every time you listened and every time you laughed just as hard. And, uh, you know, I shared a couple stories yesterday, but he, uh, <laughs> he would always come in the clubhouse before games at six o'clock and, and go around and talk to all the guys and, one of the things that we always took pride in as Dodgers was, you know, being an inclusive clubhouse. It didn't matter if you were a veteran, if you were a rookie, uh, if it was your first day up, um, you got treated the same. And that's really how Tommy always has been. He treated everyone the same. In fact, you know, I, I never went out to a dinner with, with Tommy. I didn't get the opportunity to, but his favorite thing to do was take out young minor league players and sit them down to dinner and, and tell stories and talk to them and teach and, um, he loved, he just loved young kids, young baseball players. He loved seeing the potential and helping them feeling like he was a part of helping them grow and, and turn them into, into major leaguers. And, uh, some of the funny things, you know, every once in a while when, when Tommy would come in at six o'clock, our clubhouse manager, Alex Torres would have his highlight reels on, uh, YouTube queued up on the speakers <laughs> and, uh, some of Tommy's rants that he went on when he was managing, uh, whether it was to the media or on the field, the umpires, uh, talking about other players, how he was as a player, uh, we would just play him. And Tommy would come in and he would sit there and listen and just laugh and just laugh. And then he would go on and, and tell some stories and elaborate on some of that stuff. But uh, those are just those are some of the moments that I'll miss the most. Um, you know, just seeing him stroll into that clubhouse at six o'clock and, and <laughs> rally the troops and talk to guys and then tell us, all right, I got to go talk to that manager of yours. And he, <laughs> he'd head into Doc's office and, um, man, he had just, he loved, loved, loved baseball. He loved being at the field. He loved being at spring training. He loved talking about it, teaching it and, and just living it. And no one, no one bleeds more Dodger blue than, than Tommy. Yeah, it was so cool to see him at spring training games. I mean, obviously, if you're at a Dodger game or any baseball game and there is a celebrity there, you know, you kind of see everyone, you know, when they get out of their seat or they, you know, whatever, stand up and cheer, everyone kind of 
looks at them and you can kind of see there's some sort of a commotion. And the best thing at spring training, because he would be at every game, when he would get up and go up the aisle, I mean, it was everyone just swarmed him and everyone was like, oh my gosh, it's Tommy, it's Tommy, it's Tommy. And I mean, he was just so adored, you know, across baseball. It's not even just Dodger fans, everyone. And, you know, he made you politely ask for an autograph, which mm -hmm. is the best. And I think that's something that, you know, you said was instilled in you when you were younger. Cause now, you know, how many times, you know, does someone just come up and just put a card in your face and you're like, what am I doing with it? You know, it's yeah. kind of like, hello, hi, nice to meet you. And so, you know, he would make you say, you know, hello, Tommy, Mr. Lasorda, you know, may I please have your autograph or a big fan or something. And if you didn't, I don't know if you got a signature that day. And, you know, some people might think that's a little harsh, but I think that's so important is, you know, just showing that level of respect and he wasn't afraid to make you do it. And, and I don't know if you saw, yes, I'm sure you saw yesterday, everyone posting, you know, photos with Tommy and whether it was, you know, players, managers, fans, celebrities, it seems like every single person has a photo with Tommy. And I think that just speaks volumes to the person he was and how available he made himself to everybody across the board, no matter who you were, everyone has, you know, that Tommy story. And we heard so many of them yesterday. And obviously, you know, I posted a thing and said, thank you so much for the marriage advice. And obviously he was married to his lovely wife, Joe, for over 70 years. And do you remember the marriage advice he would always give us? Yeah, he would always tell us a story about how to have a successful marriage. And he'd look at us both and he'd say, you want to know the key to a successful marriage? You got to go dancing three nights a week. And we kind of look at him and he'd say, yeah, I'd go dancing Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And Joe would go dancing Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. <laughs> and, and he'd get a big laugh out of it. And Obviously, um, you know, it was just a joke and he was, he was always full of jokes and always making everyone laugh and everyone around him. And, you know, we just want to send our, our best to Joe and his family and uh, all of his friends. And obviously he's, he's adored by everyone, uh, not just in the city of LA, but around the country, around the world. And I know everyone's thinking about him and just knowing that he's up with with that big guy up in the sky, right? The, the big dodger in the, the big sky. big dodger in the sky. He, he always said that, you know, and, um, wow. Yeah. Just, uh, it's tough. Yeah. I think, yeah, just sending our best to his family and, you know, looking forward to hopefully being able to, you know, celebrate his life at some form of a memorial service for him. Obviously I think the Dodgers mentioned, doing something, you know, when it's safe to do so. And, you know, just watching those programs and just so many stories and so many memories. And he obviously had such an impact on so many people. So yeah, definitely a tough time for, for a lot of people. Yeah. And it's, it was cool to just go back and, and watch and see all of the stuff that he accomplished. And like, he's done so much in the game that you almost forget how, everything that he did. And, um, you know, obviously sports in LA has the series on him. Um, the Lasorda Chronicles. The Lasorda Chronicles. Yeah. yeah. If you haven't watched those, um, yet you should go and check them out. He really truly was one of one. And I think Andre said it yesterday, Ethier, um, you know, now it's, it's on us to kind of pass along all the knowledge and information and, and treat people the way Tommy did and carry on his legacy. Definitely. I think that 
will do it for this episode. And yeah, hope everyone is well, stays healthy, and we will talk to you guys soon. Yeah, hopefully it won't be another two month, three month hiatus. We'll be back sooner than that. We'll see. We'll see how <laughs> everyone <laughs> missed us. <laughs> All right. Take care, everyone. See you guys. Bye. Boom. Bum 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 b